We're excited to be able to open God's word together this morning. We've been in a series that we've entitled Proverbs Timeless Wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, looking at uh, timeless wisdom, different subject matters throughout the book of Proverbs. One of the things I love about this series, uh, if you've been with us, is you're probably finding out that much of what Proverbs has recorded for us and the Proverbs of Solomon that are recorded for us are just practical wisdom truths that we see to be true kind of regardless of where you're at in life. Um, doesn't just have to be for the church world, right? Uh, we looked last week at the area of anger and uh, pretty much across the board, you don't have to be a Christian or you don't have to be in church to understand some of the principles that are true regarding anger uh, because everybody can see those things. Everybody knows those things to be true. And it's like that in a lot of different areas. And, you know, when you think about the, the book of Proverbs and the writer of the majority of these Proverbs, Solomon, who was known as the wisest man to live, um, you really kind of get a handle on some truths that a couple thousand years ago are still so relevant and important for us today. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at the area of gossip in the book of Proverbs. And gossip is defined as idle talk or rumor, uh, especially about the personal or private affairs of others. We know what gossip is. Many of us have been on the receiving end uh, of what it's like to have people gossip about us. And some of us, if we're honest, have been on that giving end too of gossiping about others for one reason or another. And so we want to look at that very important matter this morning in an area that probably all of us are very familiar with. I remember uh, growing up as a kid, and maybe you knew this as a kid, or maybe you've even shared it. If you have children, you've heard it. The song, and I'm not going to sing for you, but I'm going to tell you what it says. Uh, Be careful, little eyes, what you what? See. You know that song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little tongue or lips, what you say. And so entitled the message this morning, Gossip, be careful, little tongue, what you say. I don't care how young or how old you are this morning. This is something probably all of us need to listen to this morning, myself included, when it concerns our words, when it concerns what we say and what our tongues produce. I want to begin this morning before we really get into Proverbs and look at gossip in the book of Proverbs and some principles about that, to begin with kind of laying out two foundational principles as it relates to our tongue words in our mouths. Two foundational principles. Foundation number one, uh, we're going to see from James chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. So let's look at this passage, James 3, 1 to 10, as we kind of lay out a foundation here uh, to begin with an understanding of what God's word says in regard to our tongue, words, and mouths. James 3, 1 to 10 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Let's just pause for a moment. The context that James is writing in James chapter 3 is in the context of a warning to those that would be teachers, 
to those that would be those that are going to handle and teach and proclaim the word of God in a teaching setting over others. He says, not many of you should become teachers because you're going to be held to a greater accountability and with greater strictness. And so in that context, with that mindset, James is going to go into an explanation of why that is something that is so difficult because everyone regardless of age, regardless of experience, regardless of spiritual maturity, battles with the tongue, battles with the words that they say. So let's move on. He says in verse two, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at ships also. Though they are so large, and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Think of this for a moment. James is laying out the power of the tongue, and he's laying out the destructiveness that the tongue can cause. He says, behold how great a forest is set afire by just a small blaze. I am not a fire maker, okay? I'm not. And so when I want to have a fire, if I want to have a bonfire, I can put like newspaper, cardboard, gasoline, and that fire is not going to last. I'm just terrible at that. And yet I read all the time of fires that are caused by, you know, just a small little spark or a small little, I can't start a fire if I had to. And yet it's true that when you look at some of the great uh, blazing fires that are consuming forests across the country in the state of California or other places, it starts just with something insignificant and small. Maybe a cigarette that was thrown into the forest or something that wasn't put out. And that one little spark starts off a massive forest fire. Maybe if it's in a home and there's just one thing, one little spark that starts a huge blaze. And he says that's what's true about the tongue. He says in verse 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and then set on fire by hell. That's, that's strong language that James is laying out about the tongue, about our words, about our mouths, about the things that we speak. He says, verse 7, every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Listen, we are all guilty at times of this, whether uh, before giving praise to God or directly after giving praise to God. We can sin or say things with our tongue that are displeasing to the Lord. Some of you already did that today, believe it or not, in your car on the way to church. You said things to one another or your children or to the person driving in front of you or somebody else. You said something with your mouth, with your words, with your tongue that you would never say in this holy place of church. 
And then we come here together and we sing and praise God with that same mouth and with that same tongue. Or maybe you're guilty of coming in here and singing and raising your hands in worship to God and praising God and saying, God, you are so worthy, you are so good, you are so whatever. And then as soon as you walk out that door, it is changed in the words that we speak, in the words that come out of our mouths or who we talk to later today or what we say is completely the opposite of the praise that we're giving to God when we're here. And James says the tongue is a fire, it is a world of iniquity. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Paul the Apostle addresses our language in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. He says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sin go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with those in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Paul the Apostle lays out in Ephesians chapter 4, 25 to 32, to put away falsehoods, Speak the truth with our neighbor. Do not give opportunity to the devil. Do not slander, but speak that which builds up. Very clearly and foundationally, God lays out truths in his word about our tongue and about our words and our mouth. Two foundational truths I think we have to establish before we can even look at gossip. Foundational truth number one, the tongue or mouth can be absolutely destructive if it goes unchecked. The tongue, the mouth, can be absolutely destructive if it goes unchecked. If we allow our words, the words that we speak, to go without reservation, without any kind of check, without any kind of bridle on them, they can be absolutely and will be absolutely destructive. Uh, Years ago, we used to have this dog, his name was Rocky, we didn't have Rocky real long. Uh, we ended up giving him to someone else because of the destructive nature of Rocky. Rocky was a Jack Russell Terrier. And we had very young kids uh, in the home at the time, very young. All the girls were very young. I want to say uh, that we had one, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and I believe Ella was like maybe five, I think is what she was trying to do math in my head. Five years old. They were all very young. And Rocky, when we would leave the house, had a, a crate that we would put him in, and he was perfectly fine in there. But when we would leave Rocky out of his crate, when we weren't home, we would come home, and the house would be, it would seem like, just destroyed. Uh, Rocky, left unchecked, with so much energy and so much excitement, he'd be jumping on everything and jumping on the girls and making them cry constantly, and he'd be tearing into things and getting into things because he was just a terror of, of energy and with young kids, as young as they were, it was something we just could not handle. And so we, we gifted this great, loving dog to another <laughs> unsuspecting couple. Uh, no, we, we let them know what they were getting. I promise you that 
mostly. And, and we gave Rocky away to another loving family, but Rocky unchecked, Rocky without any kind of parameters or bridle on him was just a, a ball of destruction. That's the picture that God gives regarding the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It is absolutely destructive if it goes unchecked. Second foundational truth is this, that God's desire is for the believer to use his speech at all times for his glory. If, the, if our speech, if our words, if our tongue goes unchecked, it will be absolutely destructive. But a second foundational truth that we have to understand this morning is that God's desire is for the believer to use his speech at all times for God's glory. God wants you and I as his children to always at all times be representative of him. And that includes the choice of words that we speak, the words that come out of our mouths. That's why in Ephesians 4, Paul would say that we're to build up, we're to put away falsehood, we're to speak the truth and not lies. We're to be kind and tenderhearted to one another. When I think of this, I think about, you know, the, the, the Chick-fil-A employees. That You've heard that illustration, I'm sure, before of, wow, you know, everything is their pleasure. You know, how they can, how they can serve, Right? Everything. Can I get a refill? My pleasure. Wow. A little bit more Chick-fil-A sauce maybe. Sure, here's two. Right? They just are just with it on top of it. Everything is just pleasurable when you're there because they're so happy to serve. And contrast that with some, I'm not knocking any other fast food place, but some other places, it's like, hey, can I maybe get like a leather refill, like a refill? Like, you would never even ask such a thing. The believer in Christ should always be about God's work. And the believer's speech should always be used for God's glory. When people hear you and I as believers, they should walk away and feel refreshed at what they just heard and not feeling like, man, that person's got issues or problems. Now, if the gospel is an offense, that's one thing. But most of the time, if we're honest, it's not the gospel that's the offense. It's us. And so we need to understand these two foundational truths, I believe, as we move forward to look at gossip. The tongue can be absolutely destructive if it goes unchecked, and God's desire is for the believer to use their speech at all times for his glory. So with those truths in mind, let's look at this area of gossip in the book of Proverbs. And here's what I want to do this morning, and I will not keep you over. We'll probably even be finished a couple minutes early, so don't panic when I tell you I'm going to share five truths regarding gossip, and then I'd like to give five actions to help combat gossip. Five truths regarding gossip, and then five actions to combat gossip. Truth number one regarding gossip. Gossip can be attractive and inviting. Gossip can be attractive and inviting. Proverbs 18.8, look at this verse. Listen to what it says. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought of when I read are like delicious morsels. I love chocolate chip cookies. Okay, and some of you be like, love's such a strong word. I love 
chocolate chip cookies. And so uh, I like chocolate chip cookies so much. They're, they're one of my favorite desserts. And my wife makes great chocolate chip cookies. My daughter, Ella, actually makes great chocolate chip cookies. And I've been on the receiving end of some really good chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, if I'm coming home in the early evening and I'm walking in through the basement, I'm coming up the steps, and I can get that, that aroma of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies as I'm walking up. You know what that aroma is if you like chocolate chip cookies? Fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. It makes my mouth water a little bit. I'm like walking up the steps with a little bit more pep in my step and I'm like, oh, who made cookies? Like I'm like excited like to get in there and there they sit on the counter freshly baked. They're gooey and they're soft and they're warm and it's so good that chocolate just melt in your mouth. Some of you want one right now. And here's what Proverbs says that the words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels that go down into the innermost parts of the body. Let's be honest for a minute. Gossip can be attractive and inviting. Can it? It calls out. When we know someone is sharing something that may be untrue, maybe not, we're not quite sure, but it's about someone and we're like, ooh, What's going on? Like, we want to hear some of that, right? Uh, that's why I believe you, you see such rampant use of social media, people who are constantly checking in the statuses of other people and wanting to see, and then they want to share, and then they want to jump to a conclusion, and they want to tell other people about their conclusion. That's what gossip does and what gossip is, and it's attractive and it's inviting. And let's be honest, sin is attractive, Sin is inviting. I mean, this was shared when we talked about the adulterous relationship and the adulterous woman who, who flatters with her lips and attracts uh, unsuspecting followers. Gossip can be attractive and inviting. It calls out. It's like delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. We want to be in the know and hear it. That's why there are literally millions and millions of views uh, if you go to YouTube about uh, hot mics that the news anchor or the person wearing the mic didn't know it was recording what they were saying. And people want to hear, they want in on that. They want to hear what no one else knows is being heard. They want to hear what people are like and what they say when no one else is around because they're intrigued by that. However positive or negative it might be, it's attractive. It's like delicious chocolate chip, fresh baked hot cookies. That's what gossip pulls us to. That's what gossip gives to us. James 1, 13 to 15, listen to what James said. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Gossip just is one of those things that's enticing. We want to hear. We want to know. We want to be in the know. Think of that. When was the last time that you heard someone saying something that you knew probably wasn't true about someone and you actually corrected them? When was the last time you heard gossip happening and instead of being like, hey, what's going on over here? You were kind of like, no, I don't, I don't want to have any part of that. 
I'm not about that. That doesn't honor God. No, most of us, if gossip's happening over there and we're over here, we're like, yeah, what did you say over here? Because I'd like to hear that too. And then normally after we hear that, we'll be like, oh my goodness, do you know what they said? And we would just keep that process going because gossip is attractive and inviting. And yet we have to understand, secondly, that gossip is displeasing to the Lord. Gossip is displeasing to the Lord. Gossip is something that displeases God. We kind of shared that foundation earlier about uh, James and about Ephesians and where it talks about our speech and our words and how we are to build others up and not tear them down. We're to think about the interests of others, not our own, but gossip is something that tears down. Gossip is something that is displeasing to the Lord. You know, when we started this series in the book of Proverbs, we looked at Proverbs chapter 6, 16 to 19. We looked at a lot of these things that, that the Lord hates in Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. And here's what I found interesting about this. We're going to read this passage in just a moment, I found it interesting that five of the seven abominations that God lists that he hates have to do with our tongue, our speech, or the inclination of our heart and what we say. Look at this passage. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers." A lying tongue. Now, gossip is slander. It's that which is speaking or spewing out lies or things that we don't know to be true in regards to others that is hurtful and harmful. A lying tongue. Hearts that devise wicked plans. Listen, most of the time when people are breathing out gossip and sharing gospel with something, there is wicked intent in their heart. No one goes and shares something that is slanderous about someone that they don't even know if it's true because out of the goodness of their heart, they want to share that. It's displeasing to the Lord. Feet that make haste to run to evil. Again, gossip's happening over here, and guess what? Like, I am ready to take a listen to that. Or you hear someone talking, you're like, I got a little bit that I want to add to the mix. It's feet that are, make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers, discord that's sown, disunity. Listen, you don't have to be a follower of Christ. You don't have to be in the church to understand what gossip does in the workplace, in families, in relationships. Gossip is something that is absolutely displeasing to the Lord. Proverbs 6, 16, 19 lays out all of these things. Again, if we want to be honoring God with our words, if we want to be honoring God in our speech... We need to begin by making sure what we speak is peaceable, it's truth, it's honorable. It is building others up rather than tearing them down. Otherwise, we are doing something that is displeasing to the Lord. Number three, gossip is an action of the fool. Gossip is an action of the fool. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. It's an action of the fool. It's an action of the fool. Whoever, we have to understand again that, that the, the, the Proverbs tell us that the one that does these things is not only a fool, but is showing forth his foolishness. Proverbs 10.18 says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Think of that. Proverbs 10.18, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Not is being foolish, he's just an absolute fool, the one who utters slander. 
In Proverbs chapter 10, in the next two verses, after verse 18, it says that when words are many, transgressions is not lacking. You want to talk about like a sign that should go on the mirror of like everybody's bathroom, right? When words are many, transgression is not lacking. The more that we speak, the more that we show forth when we speak slander and speak out lies are foolishness. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. Proverbs tells us in verse 20. We understand this. Gossip is an action of the fool. I want you to think for a minute how many jobs have been lost because of the words that people speak about others that are untrue or that are unkind or that are disparaging to others. I want you to think about how much gossip has cost as it relates to even financially for people when there are lawsuits because of defamation of character, when people are spreading out lies or saying things about people that are completely untrue. Think of the amount of reputations that are tarnished, the amount of reputations that are completely ruined and character that is brought into question because of gossip and lies that people spread about others and slanderous words that are completely unfounded and completely untrue. Gossip is an action of the fool. Number four, gossip separates friends and can sever relationships. Proverbs 16, 28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. You've either been on the receiving end of that or maybe the end of the giving end of that when it comes to this with relationships. You know what it's like maybe to feel the hurt and the pain of a whisperer that is separating close friends. You've known that from Proverbs 17.9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Love should cover some things, shouldn't it? And yet what truly is in the heart of the one that wants to share and spread whatever it is to the undoing of someone else? Gossip separates friends and it can sever relationships. There are so many examples of Uh, even teenagers who uh, you've probably heard about on the news or read about that have ended their own lives, committed suicide because of rumors that were spread about them, because of friendships that they thought were friendships but turned out to be nothing more than those that would slander them and belittle them. And these individuals have nowhere else to turn. They don't know what else to do. They don't know how to continue living because of all the slander that they've endured. And so they end their own lives. And much of that is the result of unbridled, unchecked gossip slander about individuals. Our words can be so very powerful and destructive if they go unchecked. Gossip separates friends and can sever relationships. I wonder this morning if we were to, before everybody left today, as you were making your way out those doors, everybody received a wire that you had to wear all week long coming up. And that wire that you received, it was recording every word that you and I spoke over the next seven days. And so every conversation that we had, everything that we said in private, everything that we said about friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers, when they weren't around was recorded. And at the end of that week, anybody's name who was mentioned, anybody whose relationship that we have was mentioned, they would be sitting in a room, we'd be pushing play on that tape, and they would hear every single word that we uttered with their name in it or about them. What would they hear? What would they walk away from that meeting feeling? What if it was the past seven days? What if you're like, ha ha, surprise, 
You didn't know, but last week, every one of you received this recorder that you don't know about. And we're going to push play now to hear what you said about everybody in this room or everybody that you work with or everybody in your family. What would they hear? What would they walk away with? Obviously, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a follower of God, we know that God hears and knows every word that we speak. The word of God tells us God knows the words that are before they're even on our tongue. He knows them. So how did we do in that area the past seven days? What will we do in the next seven? Gossip can be terrible. It can separate friends, can sever relationships. I wonder how many of us would have any friends, any relationships left if the words that we say about those that we quote unquote care about were heard by them when they're not around. We can see the destructive nature of gossip. Number five, gossip identifies who is trustworthy and who is not. Proverbs 11.13 says, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Proverbs 17.4, An evildoer listens to wicked lips and a liar gives ear to mischievous tongue. I remember growing up, my parents would say this, and you've probably heard this as well. Listen, if they'll talk about others in front of you, chances are they'll talk about you in front of others. We understand who is trustworthy and who is not when we can identify those that are so willing and able to gossip given the opportunity to gossip. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy keeps a thing covered. So the one that is trustworthy is the one that's not spewing out all of the slander, lies, and repeating matters that could be greatly offensive. Proverbs 17.4, an evildoer listens. Listen, this is why Proverbs 17.4 is so important because it's one thing for us to think about the gossiper The one that's doing evil and displeasing God is the one that is spewing these things out. How about the one that is quick to listen? Look at what he says. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. So in gossip, it's not only the one that is sharing and spewing those things out, but it's also the one that is receiving it and delighting in it and wanting it. We have to be on our guard that we are not either of those two things. We're not the one that is spewing that out and causing others uh, to be put in a manner or in a light that they should not be. But we also have to be careful that we are not those that are so quick to drive ourselves into hearing that gossip because it's just like delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. Gossip identifies who is trustworthy and who is not. You know, probably all of us have been in one of those small group meetings or prayer meetings or have heard the prayer requests that are circulated that really aren't prayer requests, they're gossip. I have a request, I want to pray for John. John's really struggling because this past week, he said something about Susie, and do you know what Susie said? Susie said this, and I heard, so we need to pray for them. Okay, That kind of identifies the person that you're not going to want to trust when they do that. right? We can be very good about giving excuses for gossip, but someone who is trustworthy Someone who is trustworthy is easily identified when they keep a thing covered, Proverbs tells us. Gossip identifies who is trustworthy and who is not. So with those five truths regarding gossip in mind, let me give you five quick actions to battle gossip. And these are not kind of like, oh my goodness gracious, I've never heard these things or never thought of these things before. They're kind of those things that really don't even have to be said, but they do need to be said because we neglect them so often. They're simple, uh, short And yet, I believe that they can be very impactful if we would actually implement these 
when it comes to the words that we speak in our tongues. So number one, actions to defeat gossip or battle gossip. But think before we speak. Think before we speak. I know everybody's like, whoa, but how many times do we just let the words flow without any kind of thinking about what's coming out of our mouths? There's a famous quote that's attributed to a lot of famous people. I've always heard it attributed to Abraham Lincoln. I have no idea who said it, but it's a great thought. They said, better to be thought a fool than to speak and remove any doubt. Better to be thought a fool than to speak and remove any doubt. We need to think before we speak. How many of you have ever been, and you don't have to raise your hands because I already know it's probably all of us, but you've ever said something and as the words are coming in your mouth, you're thinking like, I should not be saying this. And those words just flow, right? We've all done that. Or we've said something and like seconds later, we're like, why in the world did I just say that, right? And it's one of those things where we're not truly thinking before we speak. And yet, as followers of Christ, as those that are children of God, we need to think before we speak. We need to let the words that we're speaking be honoring to our God. We've already looked at this as foundational, that God wants the words that we speak to always at all times glorify him. So one point to battle gossip, think before we speak. Let's think more and speak less. Number two, weigh our words. Weigh our words. Let's weigh our words. We do this with so many other areas of life. Hopefully, we do this with our finances and our spending. We have a plan. We weigh out what we're going to spend our money on as to whether or not it's truly worth it and valuable and something that we're willing to spend money on. We do this as it relates to our time and and scheduling our time and where we're going to invest our 24 hours a day into what that's going to look like. Why don't we do this more with our words, that we would take time to weigh our words and ask the question, will this produce what God desires it to produce in my life and the other person's life? Is this something that God truly would have me to say? Weigh our words. Think through what our words could cause to happen before we say these things. And yet if we're honest, so often we speak and share in impulse, don't we? Just impulsiveness in the way that we respond or say things. And we always want to be heard and always want to give our opinions. Number three, err on the side of love with the words that we speak. Err on the side of love. You know, the Bible talks about, we looked at already in Ephesians chapter four, that we're not to do those things that would tear others down, but we're to love one another and seek to build one another up. So let's err on the side of love in our choice of words. What good comes from sharing something slanderous about someone else that we don't even know if it's true or not? And even if we did know it was true, how are we loving and building others up by sharing it with those that are completely uninvolved in those situations? How are we built up when we are so quick to want to give our ear attention to slander that is being shared about someone else? Let's err on the side of love. Number four, seek to build others up. We can do a great job of being proactive in seeking to tear others down, but what if we were proactive in seeking to build others up? What if we started our day with the thought in mind of, who can I build up today rather than who can I destroy today? And yet, if we look at our words, I wonder, are we the destroyer of others or the builder up of others? Let's build others up. And then number five, seek to glorify the Lord in our words and in our actions. Psalm 19:14 says, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer." Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Listen, we give a lot of care and attention as to whether or not the words that we speak will be acceptable in the eyes and minds and ears of men. 
What if we put even greater emphasis on if our words that we speak are acceptable in the sight and ears of our God? What we say would probably look and sound a little bit different. Let's seek to glorify the Lord in that. In Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We need to seek to glorify the Lord always in our words always in that which comes out of our mouths. So let me just review this, because I know that was a lot to take in. Foundational to our understanding of the tongue and the mouth is that the tongue and the mouth can be absolutely destructive if it goes unchecked. That's true for every single one of us here. God's desire is for the believer to use their speech at all times for his glory. So when it comes to gossip, it can truly be attractive and inviting but it is displeasing to the Lord. It's the action of fools. It can separate friends and sever relationships, and it truly identifies who is trustworthy and who is not. So let us think before we speak, weigh our words, err on the side of love, seek to build others up, and seek to glorify God through the words that we speak. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for timeless wisdom from your word. And God, I pray that you would help each one of us here this morning to honor you through our words, that we would honor you in the words that we speak, that the desire of our heart would be to build others up, not tear them down, that you would help us, Lord, even as it relates to other areas of sin, also in the area of gossip, that we would flee that sinful desire and that we would draw near to you. God, our prayer is the same as the psalmist. We pray that you would help the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.